Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 3, Episode 1. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. Third time's the charm, maybe? New year, new y'all. You know, for me. (laughs) For every show, though, like, it's always Season 3 that people suggest you watch, because it's always the best, so. Yeah, it's kind of when you come into your own. Um, Season 4 and Season 5 are usually where things start to dip down, so... You know, mm-hmm. this this might be the last one, guys. We might be jumping the left shark here. <laughs> Though in pre-production today, we were having a host of problems, so yeah, so maybe the season won't be so good. If you got hashing it out, you got like a thirty-five minute episode for this. Yeah. Speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of host problems, uh, I think Elisa is still here. I am. Okay. Good. I'm with you. Good. I promise. Yeah. Um, well, why been... did you just mention that? Because she was uncharacteristically quiet. Yes. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, we are excited for season three. Uh, we're going to be, we're going to have some new stuff coming in the weeks and months ahead. We're going to be making some changes to Patreon and, of course, the show here. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We hope you all had a happy new year. Let's kick off the show today with some talk about New Year's. Let's do a quick game of two truths, one lie. Are we all going to play this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Laura, I think you were actually prepared for this, so why don't you start oh, us off? Was I the only one who was prepared? No, no. As usual, not. yes. I, th- I think so, actually. Yeah. Okay. So, here we go. The first one is, I went to a New Year's Eve party, which I left by 10.30 because my friends started hotboxing their basement, and I had to drive and didn't want to risk being pulled over smelling like weed. I was home by 11.30 and toasted in the new year by getting drunk with my parents. Sounds about right. I went to a New Year's Eve party, after which I was pulled over because I stupidly decided to drive home after my friends hotboxed their house. And since I smelled like weed, the officer made me get out of my car and do a field sobriety test, which I passed. And finally, I went to a New Year's Eve party where I smoked weed for the first time in three years, got high as fuck, ended up climbing a tree and getting stuck. Oh, I (laughs) desperately hope it's that. I really pray it is. I think it's option number one. You think so? Yeah. You think I'm Mature a fucking, Laura. I think I'm a fucking loser. I know you're a fucking loser. <laughs> I have to agree with Andrew. You're a fucking loser. And um, I think number one's probably accurate. But I, in my heart, in some parallel universe, I want to believe number three. Mm. Matt, what do you think? I think it's option one. Damn it. I, I, you, guys, you guys know me too well. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> because you were oh, least enthusiastic about it. Oh, really? that's what life tone, is like. It was the tone of my voice, huh? The delivery that gave it away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That being said, I think that in this new year, you should make number three happen. Mm-hmm. Well, so the thing is, number three has sort of happened in the past, but it wasn't related to this specific topic, so. When was the last time you smoked? Oh, the last time I smoked was like a month ago, but oh. that wasn't when I got stuck in the tree. She's smoking sep- right now. No, that was a separate. She's smoking <laughs> right now, and she's recording from a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually still in the tree. Send help. Please. Okay, here, here are mine. Um, I was in New Year's for Vegas, so these are all New Year's themed. Um, number or Vegas themed. Number one, I lost two thousand dollars in Vegas over the three nights I was there. Uh, number two, I was in a people gridlock after the fireworks and couldn't move literally anywhere for 20 minutes and if it wasn't for the anti-anxiety medication i'm on i probably would have had a panic attack and died and number three i didn't want to be in vegas for once in my life so which is the lie i'm gonna have to say it's the first one Mm -hmm. number one for sure number one um 
I think number three is the lie. I think I think there would have been a lot more pain in Andrew's voice if it had been the first one. <laughs> well, yeah, Laura's right. I didn't lose two thousand. I lost twenty thousand in Vegas, um, and it's true. I didn't want to be in Vegas. Uh, I'm just sick of. I'm sick. I'm sick. I've been there too many times for New Year's. I looked at my time hop. I've been there like six or seven times, and. Uh, and I was there for three nights, and it's just, I cannot do more than one or two anymore. I'm too old for this shit, and it's just a hellhole. But I did see Elton John, and that was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. I love Elton. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was fun. He's, he's, he's good, but you know, he's got that deep voice these days. He can't do like a falsetto or anything. And like by the end, he was just sort of like, by the way, Lady Gaga was there. That was cool in the audience. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, Mother Monster. But by the end, he's, you know, just like, like, you can't even understand what the hell he's saying. He's just making noises <laughs> to the tune of his songs. Anyway, it was fun. Nice. Okay. okay. I'll, do, I'll go. Okay, okay. Okay. So, okay, okay, okay. Number one, I actually missed Midnight because I was so wasted and so concentrated on playing rock band that I didn't realize that I had missed it until five minutes later when my mom walked in and was like, Happy New Year. That's the <laughs> And one. that was it. Number two, my grandmother uh, for years now has been trying to get us to start a tradition where my Korean grandmother, I should specify, has tried to getting us to start a tradition where we eat kimchi at midnight instead of toasting with champagne. This year, she actually succeeded. Number three, my father set off so many fireworks that a crowd of strangers and neighbors and a bunch of people from around um, around the street, around the block, came and gathered outside our house to watch the fireworks. See, all three I'm, of these sound... Knowing Elise's family, all three of these sound yeah. very plausible. Uh, I'm going to go with Grandma, though. I'm not sure... I, I don't know if that's a Korean tradition. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say like, number I'm not two sure what as the well. Context is there, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say, say grandma because I mean your grandma's pretty Korean, but I don't think anybody's that Korean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew, what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna say number one. That just seems very you. Like you just don't you don't seem like somebody who's really into New Year's to me. Well, number one, okay, number one is true. Number two <sighs> was the lie. You guys are right, yeah. grandma. There's no, She's... there's no way that you are going to eat kimchi and not drink champagne. <laughs> no, that's accurate. For New Year's. Although, to be fair, I came up with that lie because she does try getting us to incorporate kimchi into Thanksgiving dinner every mm. fucking year. And why year don't actually... you? That sounds awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, it actually goes pretty well with the turkey. Not gonna lie, but anyway, but no, that's not true for New Year's at least. Oh man, Elisa's grandma makes such good kimchi. I need to go visit your grandma. Thanks. Great. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's mine. Fuck you, Matt. Moving along. So, okay, so this is a New Year's Eve party themed. Number one, I went to a New Year's Eve party where I got super drunk and danced on a go-go stage and made $120 for it. I went to a New Year's Eve party. Oh, this is number two. I went to a New Year's Eve party and made out with a drag queen at midnight. I went to a New Year's Eve party where they rent rooms by the hour. Ooh, oh, man. Shit. I'm going to say the Try lie. The lie is number two. Okay. I, I don't think you made out with anybody who wasn't him. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Let me let me introduce myself. I don't think we've met. Uh, um, I'm gonna say number three was the lie, Alisa. I want to say number one is the lie. I think if you got up on a stage and danced, you probably wouldn't make a hundred twenty dollars. <laughs> ouch. Well, ouch. <laughs> Fuck you, Alisa. Oh, you are right. <laughs> You made out with a drag queen at midnight? Yeah. Oh wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, what? but it was. Well, I mean, what? but it was. Enc- it was encouraged because it was a drag show. So like, we were all like, you know, it, it just just it happens. Oh, that's much like Elisa's. So I mean, it was. I mean, it wasn't like like I was intentionally like turned on by it. It was just. 
intentionally turned it on, just but happens. Yes, exactly. It just happens. So That's much like Elise's works. grandmother, I think Matt's going to start trying to push a new New Year's Eve tradition on all of us. Well, yeah. you know what, though? I like, I like that better than kimchi. I'd rather make out with drag queens. Okay. To kick off the new year, we are playing Guess Who's Drinking this episode. Somebody has already started drinking and is continuing throughout the episode. I understand this person is having a couple shots of something and sipping the alcohol throughout the program today. So look for the poll in the Facebook group after this week's episode is released and place your bets. Place your bets, please. Sipping. This is impressive no matter who it is because it's pretty fucking early for all of yeah, us. Yeah, it's it is. 12.30 on a Saturday here on the East Coast. Oh, it's 9.30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so five somebody's... o'clock somewhere yeah i mean i don't think it is oh i guess australia <laughs> it's five o'clock no, over it's in tomorrow england right now. in australia Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's true <laughs> hey laura um any update on my new t-shirt we all remember that last episode mm-hmm. you you tried to get me a different t-shirt uh for secret santa but they sent me farm girls have the best calves <laughs> Yeah, so I actually did reach out to the vendor, and I was like, uh, not what I ordered. I sent them a screenshot of what I had Uh ordered. Haven't heard back yet, and it's been over a week. So now that the holidays are past, I think I'm going to reach out again and be like, uh, maybe fix this. This is a scandal. I doubt it's a very good organization if they're sending a completely wrong shirt to begin with. Yeah, and the great thing about it is the shirt wasn't even the same color as the original shirt I ordered. It's not like they could have right. fucked it up because of that. Right. Was it even the same company? Like, Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, if you look at their store, they have that shirt. Hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, I'll let you know. You know, eventually, sometime this year, you're going to get your Make America Gay Again shirt and your simming mug. Yeah, I, I'm, I was going to ask about that. They'll, they'll I, I don't know what's taking... For, in time for this coming Christmas. You'll okay, be, Yeah, you're right. going to be good. So maybe by season four, I'll see one of the two things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what if for next Secret Santa, somebody got me this Farm Girls Have Great Cab <laughs> shirt on purpose? And then Different every color, year, though. we just get you the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like a hat. Like underwear. <laughs> just keep going on. Well, because you can, though. Like, the real Farm Girls Have Better Cabs is like a, a whole, like, franchise of clothing. There's socks. Oh, like there's a- t-shirts. There's hats. There's... Underwear, I guess. I haven't seen the underwear, but I'm I'm assuming there are. Hmm. It all, right. all culminates in someone gifting Andrew an actual cow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's checking out my calves. Well, Laura, um, what's going on with you? New year, new you, huh? Yeah. So I wanted to mention that I'm I've decided to begin the process of buying a house this year. What? I know. No. It's kind of yes. scary and feels very like too much adulty. For me, um, but I decided that I'm going to use this as an opportunity to provide, you know, some intel and best practices for all you youths out there who are going to be first-time homeowners as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm still in the beginning stages of the process. I actually have a friend who's a real estate agent that I'm working with, um, so I'm really lucky oh. in that department. Um, but I'm looking at townhouses and such, so I will keep you guys posted about how that's going. Uh, well, life pro suck tip. a big dick. Life pro tip, mortgages, I have recently learned, tend to be cheaper on a monthly basis than rent. So that may be one reason yes. why you want to consider this. Yeah. I was actually considering this at the end of 2016, mm-hmm. and I, the LA prices are rough for like a condo. Yeah. So, especially in like the Los Angeles area. But so help me, if I ever get out of this godforsaken city... I will be doing the same thing as you are yeah. because I do have some money saved up and I would like to have a mortgage instead of a rent because with rent, you're shitting money down the drain yeah. every month. Whereas with a mortgage, you're, you're building wealth. You're, you're putting the money into your home and then you can sell it later. You're, you're basically putting your money into a, a, a bank and that, that's yours to keep still. So exactly. I applaud your efforts. Um, I hope you have a couple extra bedrooms for us to come visit. I'm actually looking for a two-bedroom place. Um, Great. Okay. There's, mainly there's three not, of us, though. Not so much because <laughs> I want you guys to come visit, but because it helps the resale value on the property if you have two bedrooms. So, um, Don't forget about important <laughs> aspects like curb appeal. I see these women on House Hunters talk about curb appeal all the time. What is that? 
It's how the home looks from the curb. I see. Wow. That home has great curb appeal. I'm into it. Oh, my God. Someone end this. <laughs> uh, what kind of kitchen countertops do you like? Um, do you- I, I'm into, like, the, the granite or stainless type stuff. Um, do you like the toilet next to the shower? Do you like crown where, molding? Isn't that where the toilet always goes? Do you like... No, no. Some people hate when the toilet is next to the shower. But then, I don't like that. I don't get bathrooms that have, like... Like a, a a room inside the bathroom where the toilet is. This like makes it's no separate. Sense to like me. who the fuck? Like, like what a pretentious toilet. What if halfway through a shower you realize you have to take a shit? And you the do toilet- it in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Isn't is that not normal? <laughs> Fucking obviously, Laura. God. These are the questions that get asked on House Hunters episode after episode. So I'm I'm just preparing you. I'm if you need more any more concerned with Uber distances from my favorite uh haunts and such downtown. Well, if you're going to grow up and get a home, then maybe you shouldn't be going to bars anymore. I didn't. I didn't say bars. I said favorite haunts. Like what? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> oh, I don't know now that there's that now that I can't mention a bar. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, actually, I'm I'm very interested in doing this because I think it's a good investment. Uh, yes. Ultimately, I'm going to be saving money on a monthly basis, like Andrew said. Uh, it's going to be like putting money into a bank rather than shooting it down the rent hole. Um, yeah, and Atlanta's kind of a better buyer's market than renter's market right now. Like it is actually, I did read gentrify- that. It's gentrifying like crazy. So everybody mm-hmm. wants to move here. So there are all these apartments that they're they're advertising as luxury apartments. They're like a thousand dollars a month, and you go look at them, and they have like mold problems. So that's that's my big reason. Well, and Atlanta's cheap right now because all the zombies have taken over. Right, Didn't you watch The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Duh, it's That's cheap correct. You can just walk into a house and take anymore. it. I love um, Atlanta. Little... I would love to come visit you in your house. So make sure it's a good one. <laughs> good luck, Laura. Thank you. Um, <laughs> speaking of giving people good luck, America's going to need good luck because o- Obama only has a few days left in office. How's everyone feeling? Not mm. like if I'm being 100% honest, like shit. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Like yeah. I've noticed that like at night when I go lay down to go to sleep, my anxiety starts creeping up because it gives me time to like let my mind wander and think about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then I find it, it really hard to fall asleep. And it's just like really just shitty and awful. It does. It really does take a lot more energy to like turn on the news. Fuck the news. Than it ever has been before. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, like I actually prolong and procrastinate watching like my pre recorded episodes of like Vice on HBO and. Anything that actually talks about the news, I always kind of either just fast forward it or just say, I'm going to watch something else first. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's over. It doesn't feel like it's ending. I know. It's like, it's crazy. I feel like Obama was just elected yesterday, guys. Yeah. It's really. I guess that that has come some kind of silver lining to it. If it felt like it was that quick, maybe maybe this this term will be as well. No, maybe it won't. The difference is that... I'm honestly asking to help cope with it. No, you're on the denial stage of of your mourning process. I I think it's going to be pretty excruciating. And you know what? Not necessarily because of Trump either. I mean, that scares me. Still scares me. I still have that same sense of fear. But I think more than being afraid of of President Trump, I'm afraid of of the country, frankly. I'm Mm -hmm. afraid of people because... I'm seeing an increasing amount of vitriol and misunderstanding of the issues and more than anything else, a misunderstanding of facts. We've always, every country, every democracy has debated issues and opinions. I've never before seen this level of of just blatant misinformation and inaccuracies that people, millions of people are buying into. It's like we can't we're not on this we're not living in the same universe anymore let alone the same country that's mm-hmm. what, that's what makes me afraid because you can't even begin to parse a presidency um or prepare for an issue or have a, a a civil debate if you can't even agree on what reality is and i think yeah. that that's our problem that's what i'm afraid of yeah yeah You're totally right. mm-hmm. are you guys, how are we going to um... get anywhere in this world if we don't just operate on facts alone if we can't accept the facts for what they are. Right. 
I wanted to ask you guys if you were doing anything to like sort of prep for for a Trump presidency. And and I would say possibly more importantly, um, a Trump presidency wherein a bunch of psychopaths are also controlling Congress. Um, I know that I'm taking care of a bunch of medical shit before healthcare laws change. Actually, one of the things that inspired me to start looking into buying a home is Trump winning. Because yeah. I wanted to have some feeling of security. <laughs> no, I did. I did, too. I was like, you know, at least I'll have a place that will be mine. Right. You know? That's exactly <laughs> what inspired me. Yeah. I'm not really preparing. I told you guys I'm uh, I'm checking out of politics. Um, I, maybe I'll get a gun like in case I need to run and fight defend Run myself fight it's not a zombie apocalypse it's a like a dictator oh, it's really? way worse than that yeah <laughs> you can't escape this with like moats and you know i that's ridiculous well, one thing i am changing is uh the type of media i consume so yes. so i i've said previously i'm subscribe to the new york times i'm reading that more instead of reading news elsewhere online or more importantly watching cnn msnbc i fucking hate them now yeah i agree with that i i've actually become a really big proponent lately of trying to convince people to subscribe to papers of record like the new york times and uh the journal and even more local things like you know the baltimore sun and and what have you because to my earlier point, if we stand any chance whatsoever of being on the same page as regards facts, um, we will have to support the outlets that actually report those facts, mm -hmm. not the psychos who perpetuate fake news and are just propaganda machines. So that's I, I agree with Andrew. That's one way I've been preparing. The other way, and I don't mean to sound alarmist here, I, I, I think... Ultimately, the Republic will survive, if I'm being serious with you. But the other thing I did to prepare is for Christmas, I got my brother a passport because he's never he doesn't have one. And I thought, you know, this might be a good time to make sure he can escape the country. <laughs> uh, in seriousness, that was that was my thought process. Well, it was between that and like some video game stuff. And I thought, you know, what? I think the gift of freedom and safety Mm -hmm. Might be a bit more valuable. So, yeah, uh, went and got him a passport. Yeah. And I would That's say to all, very sweet. all owners of uteri, um, if you're <laughs> going to make, I'm completely serious here, if you're going to make any decisions in regards to your, your health, to your well woman status, I would be doing that now um, because we are seeing that there is probably going to be quite a bit of shit taken from us over the next four years. Um, I'm actually getting an IUD next week um i'm sorry woo -woo. yeah no don't be Wait, sorry what is that what is that though it's an interuterine device that prevents you from getting pregnant um oh kind of like that tea thing yes that's that's or what they it put is. Or, or like the, there's like a chip or something you put in your like in your arm like your bicep or something uh no it's not the same thing this actually goes up up inside your your shit <laughs> um and it's super effective and currently under under current healthcare law most insurance providers have to cover it a hundred percent i was told by my doctor that that's something they're anticipating changing after january 20th so she really wanted to get me in to get it now so mm -hmm. i would recommend if you're going to make any of these decisions go ahead and start doing them sooner rather than later yeah Okay. Yeah, and I would, I would, I would echo that and and make it even broader for for anybody. Mm -hmm. You should be looking very seriously at your healthcare right now because Republicans are talking very seriously and are planning to repeal Obamacare. So um, there could be some serious changes to that. And even if you're in favor of repealing of repealing Obamacare, rather, shit will still change in a pretty dramatic fashion. So I would, I would take care to look at what your plan is mm -hmm. and get some shit done thankfully like andrew and i both live in california which has been very supportive of obamacare and they are trying really hard to like keep those laws intact even if they mm -hmm. try to defund uh, the affordable care act but you know states like oklahoma especially they're they're non-existent at this point i i just don't know what's gonna <laughs> i just don't know what's gonna happen look out for yourself y'all 
But um, this leads into a couple of our stories that we're going to be talking about in news today. Uh, we are going to talk about Russia and their involvement in fake news and whatnot. Uh, but first, Elisa, what what kind of shit has WikiLeaks been stirring up this week? Oh, God, these fucking people, you know, <laughs> I am so sick of their bullshit at this point. Um, most recently, there we could talk about WikiLeaks for a whole goddamn month, but just in the past two days, WikiLeaks announced that it plans to publish Twitter users' personal information. Now, you shouldn't be immediately shocked because their target is primarily verified users only, like politicians, celebrities, and also, though, company accounts. Their stated goal in doing this is to expose the powerful's personal relationships and their ties with other powerful people, all in the name of transparency, of course. But because that's their goal, because their goal in, in exposing personal information is to expose the relationships people have with one another and behind the scenes, backdoor deals that are going on. It's sort of inevitable, in my opinion, that eventually they will move into just releasing regular users' information as well. It certainly sets that precedent. Um, because powerful people don't just have relationships with other powerful people. You know, they have relationships with regular, average, everyday Twitter users, too. So in, under this guise of transparency, they could and probably will start exposing everybody. But for right now, just verified accounts. And to be clear, this means that they are going to publish the names and addresses, birthdays, maybe even social security numbers. They said they're not sure about that yet. Mm -hmm. uh, what does that yeah. even do? Of not just <laughs> what does that not prove? Just not just the verified users, but of the users' family members, their children, their faith leaders, the churches or synagogues or mosques that they attend, and anyone else that it deems, that WikiLeaks deems, quote, relevant to public interest. That is the one thing I just don't fucking get, and it really infuriates me, is you just don't go for the family. You do, you just don't. Especially children, I mean. And, yeah. And, and they weren't even, WikiLeaks was not even particularly... <laughs> They 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 didn't they didn't mince words either. They specifically noted children in in this announcement. They said we will be releasing information of verified users' children as well. And I'm thinking, okay, let's assume for a minute that you have a reasonable goal and that this is in the name of transparency. I call bullshit, but let's say that that's true. How does releasing the information of their children accomplish that end? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't get it. It all seems like some cloak and dagger horseshit to me. No, where they're just yeah. trying to, they're just, they're, it's a power play. Mm -hmm. I think. I really think yeah. this is just about keeping themselves relevant and and flexing their muscle so that they appear more powerful than maybe they are, or that people just start keep talking about them, because releasing children's addresses and social security numbers does nothing for the public interest. Yeah. No. In fact, it, what it really does is it kind of creates a unity because there's no one in the public that would even really consider like supporting this. Mm -hmm. Not, well, not and actually, overtly anyway. My thing about this is the whole reason that this is happening and that this exists is because they have seen the very successful business models of like our cable news networks that find that sensationalism sells. And they're seeing that too. And we're giving them this attention. Don't follow WikiLeaks on Twitter. Don't read the mm -hmm. shit they release. Don't give them the attention. And that's going to go a long way to showing them that doing this kind of shit doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I, I would also point out quickly that uh, WikiLeaks is receiving a ton of negative backlash mm -hmm. over this. More for this, surprisingly, than pretty much anything else. I mean, they're getting more negative feedback over this than, for example, their role in the DNC hacks and their role in, you know, Russian hacking of, of, of U.S. election, of the U.S. election. Uh, because people see this as crossing a line, I think. People see this as, uh, I think, I think it's, it's overtly obvious that this has nothing to do with public interest and that they're not attempting to help anyone, that this really is just them flexing their muscles. So, mm -hmm. Maybe well, they'll stand down. I don't know. It's a very sensitive subject for the public as far as like internet security. 
if we learned anything from the whole Edward Snowden and NSA situation is that we don't want to be told that our privacy is becoming less and less a right. Mm-hmm. I it's, think uh, it's time for Twitter to ban WikiLeaks mm-hmm. <laughs> from Twitter. I agree. Um, although I know this is a different account, this task force account, whatever the hell it is. It is verified, though. Uh, but this is another example of Twitter taking too long to take care of abuse. Like, there's such a freaking mess. Maybe mm-hmm. WikiLeaks could also take some time to address the issue of Julian Assange being a child rapist. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something they could talk about. Somebody replied to the WikiLeaks announcement of this and said, great, well, if you're going to start releasing, you know, everyone's personal information, how about you start with this very account? How about you start? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're verified, mother effer. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, speaking of WikiLeaks, let's talk Russia law. Yes. So late Friday afternoon, um, the declassified version of the report on Russian hacking was dropped And we have some key takeaways from that, primarily that Vladimir Putin ordered a, quote, influence campaign to affect the outcome of the 2016 election in favor of Donald Trump by undermining, quote, public faith in the U.S. democratic process, denigrating Secretary Clinton and harming her electability and potential presidency. So something we all already knew, something that was being discussed and even shouted about by certain people prior to the election. And yet this report drops and nothing really happens. People well, just, what do you mean nothing really happens? Nothing really happens. I mean, President Obama ordered this this investigation. The report gets dropped on a Friday afternoon, which, by the way, is when shit gets buried in the news mm. cycle. And what's what's this telling us? It tells us something that we already knew, and it's not actually doing anything to change the outcome of the election, which we now no. know was influenced by a foreign entity. Yeah. And I think one of the key words here was the first word you used, Putin. Yep. This was Putin exactly. Now, of course, nothing happens in Russia without Putin involved. But for the U.S. intelligence agency, agencies to specifically point the finger at him is very significant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I it's, mean, the, it's not just ahead. them saying that the Kremlin was aware of this. This is all three of our intelligence agencies coming together to say Vladimir Putin specifically ordered this yeah Mm -hmm. and it did move trump's needle a little bit but not nearly enough as it should have no Uh, he finally admitted okay yeah yeah, russia probably could have had some involvement but but it's the dnc's fault he started pointing the finger at the dnc yeah well yeah he's he's also pointing the finger at the voting machines weren't hacked or anything. That's now his new his new rhetoric. I think that's yeah. actually an interesting point to bring up because I do have the quote from the article that specifically references the votes. And all that the report says in that regard is that the Department of Homeland Security assesses that the types of systems Russian actors targeted or compromised were not involved in vote tallying. Mm. That's all it says. And I well, find great. I find the language there very interesting. Is it doesn't specifically mm-hmm. reference the voting machines themselves. It says vote tallying, the counting of the votes. Well, so then Hillary Clinton still has three million votes over him then. Yeah, but that doesn't really matter because of the whole electoral college mess. But right. at any rate, it's it's very telling to me that the report sort of used this type of language, especially considering some of the reactions that people had who who were who had access to the classified version of the report um the difference between the declassified and the classified version is that the declassified version has all of the same conclusions but it doesn't include all of the evidence that the classified Mm. version has so there's a lot of evidence that we as the public don't have access to people like nancy pelosi came out of that and were reporting that they were shocked and astonished at the information that they saw there so there's definitely definitely something that 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 we don't have access to here. Um, but what we do have is, is frankly, quite horrifying. I mean, they're saying that the campaign was using covert intelligence operations, um, along with efforts by the Russian government agencies, state-funded media and third-party intermediaries, and that they also paid social media trolls to contribute to this campaign. They actually were anticipating that Hillary Clinton was going to win. And the day of the election, there were these paid trolls who had started a hashtag called RIP democracy because they thought she was going to win. And then when she didn't, all of a sudden that died off really quickly. Um, But another really big takeaway 
is that they were able to confirm the connection between the Russian government and WikiLeaks, which, again, was something that we all knew. We all knew. Except for Trump, who was taking Julian Assange's side during this before he was I think Trump knew. I think. Well, yeah, of course, but publicly he was. Yeah. I think it's entirely likely, probably more likely than not, that Trump himself had nothing to do with this. At least there's no evidence of that. We can hate on Trump as much as we want, and for very good reason. But we there's no evidence at present to suggest that Trump was actively involved in helping Russia accomplish this goal. Certainly, he passively accepted it. Certainly, he refuses to acknowledge the intelligence reports now. But I don't know that we should be jumping to conclusions about his active involvement. That, that being said, this is one of those clear-cut cases to me where facts really do matter and people aren't giving them their due. So this is not – this is being turned into a political issue, obviously, understandably. It kind of is, but it kind of isn't also. And this is one of those cases where we can't keep living in separate universes – We need to be on the same page about what happened in this election. And it is just, it's just fact that Russia interfered here at this point, particularly with everything Laura just outlined. We should all, conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, be accepting that Vladimir Putin personally interfered with the election to try and get Trump to win. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's fact. The sky is blue. Gravity is real. And this happened. And we have to treat it that way. Unfortunately, I think the reason that it's become more politicized than that is because people are making a leap between Putin interfering and the outcome of the election. And so people are afraid, Republicans specifically are afraid, that if they acknowledge this is true and then they're going to have to also acknowledge that maybe Trump's presidency isn't legitimate, that maybe he wasn't fairly and duly elected. And once you start accepting that, you're on very shaky ground Mm -hmm. because there goes his mandate. There goes his mandate to to pass legislation. There goes Mm -hmm. his mandate to lead the country. Uh, You throw the entire system into question at that point. And so Republicans are afraid of, of what will happen if they accept this reality. And I think that we need to be able we need to be smarter than that. We need to we need to be able to parse the issue and say on one hand, yes, this happened and we need to retaliate against this. This was as John McCain has said, an act of war to deliberately interfere in our democracy. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we also need to accept the election as legitimate. I think the electoral college is bullshit at this point, <laughs> but I Trump was fairly elected. Just because Russia interfered, and they did, doesn't mean Americans didn't vote for them, or didn't vote for him, rather. They Mm -hmm. still voted for him. He still won. And so we can accept both things as being true, Mm -hmm. and that's what needs to happen. I agree. And I think the other thing that we need to consider here as well is that this was also probably part of Russia's plan. Um, The report talks about how this is just the latest in a number of Russian attempts to try and influence our elections in order to destabilize Western liberalism. So they're trying to shake public faith in in our democratic process, not just in the election itself, but just in the outcome of the election. They're trying to destabilize us in order to prop themselves up. This is exactly what they're doing in Europe right now. They're destabilizing Syria in order to drive the refugee crisis and further destabilize Western Europe. They're trying to become world leaders again, and this is how they do it. And if we let them do it, then they're just going to walk all over us. Mm -hmm. And you can bet Putin's going to try to fuck up um, Chancellor... Merkel. Mm-hmm. In her oh, I'm, she's sort oh of like God. she's the last man standing, really. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. and I mean, we've got the election coming up in France with Marie Le Pen, who is a fucking crazy person. And <laughs> if Brexit and Trump are any indication, then things might be looking really good for her. Mm-hmm. Good times. Yeah. All right. Well, watch this space as Trump continues to yeah. dig himself out of and to the point of Trump. um or of of this being a legitimate issue trump is trying to delegitimize this because he wants to have one fair and square he can't stand the thought of not having one fair and square 
Mm-hmm. So this is killing him, and that's why he can't shut up about it on Twitter. Yeah. I think he just can't stand not being like popular or favored, and that's why sure. he's really a. That's yeah. He just wants he he just wants to be the the cool kid in school, the popular kid. That's really all he wants. I don't. I think I, I really think moving forward to anybody who has you know conservative family members or friends or even if you yourself are just conservative. I, I really believe that the only way that we're going to get on the same page about this is if you cede to conservatives. If you admit and you say outright, listen, I'm not saying you didn't win the election. You won it fair and square. He is the president. We're not trying to delegitimize that. We're just trying to accept the facts and the reality of the situation. We're not saying it determined the outcome and that he's suddenly not president anymore. We're just saying that this happened and we need to accept reality as it stands in order to contend with it. That's it. So that's my advice. Like if you run into this and I'm sure everyone's going to, um, you have to start the conversation by seeding that point. Otherwise we're never going to get on the same page. One more story. And then we will um, go to hidden from the headlines. I mentioned earlier that I'm going to be watching MSNBC and CNN less, but I may tune in for this. Megyn Kelly has been hired by NBC News. She was a major presence on Fox News. She had, I believe it was the 9 p.m. hour, the Kelly file. Um, her contract was coming up. There was a lot of debate over the few past few months what she would do. NBC News appears to have wooed her over by, by asking her, well, what do you want? What do you want, Kelly? And we'll work around that. She is going to have a um, daytime talk show of some sort, presumably on MSNBC, though they didn't explicitly say that. She's also going to have a Sunday show, and they're going to have her help uh, with their uh, big event coverage. Like, I don't know if she'll be starting this soon, but uh, stuff like the inauguration and uh, other big news events doing live coverage. So this is interesting because, of course, Megyn Kelly is a conservative anchor. Uh, she being at Fox News for so long, and now she's moving to MSNBC slash NBC News, which is liberal, left-leaning. Um, so MSNBC is becoming really interesting because they also hired former Fox News host Greta uh, Greta Van Susteren. She was on Fox News for a long-ass time. Then the whole Roger Ailes abuse stuff went down. She was one of the people who was like, yeah, he did all this horrible stuff. So her show starts on MSNBC this upcoming week. Maybe maybe MSNBC is going to be the cool network to watch this year in terms of balance between left-leaning hosts like Rachel Maddow and right-leaning like Megyn Kelly. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't I'm surprise forward me. To it. it doesn't surprise me to hear about the jump. Um, Megyn Kelly has been very outspoken since the election, particularly about um, the sort of hate and abuse that she was receiving from Fox News viewers surrounding yeah. Donald Trump. Uh, there was a, an interview with her on NPR not too long ago uh, where she talked about how people were showing up at her house. Mm. She was getting death threats daily, um, people threatening her children, all because yeah. she dared to ask Donald Trump a question. Now, that's not to say that that won't still happen just because she mm-hmm. switches networks. But between the Roger Ailes thing and between what she discussed on NPR, it sounds to me like Fox News wasn't being terribly supportive. Yeah, so, that, that's the thing. I yeah. think she just didn't have she didn't feel any sense of security in any real aspect. So. Uh, Matt, what's going on hidden from the headlines this week? Yeah. So this week's uh, hidden from the headlines comes from China, uh, who has announced a plan to phase out all ivory processing and trade by the end of this year, actually. It's a move that uh, conservationists hope will stymie the mass killings and threat of extinction of African elephants. Um, The reason why this is really big and pretty amazing is that China is home to the world's largest ivory market. There's estimates that suggest 70% of the world's trade ends up there in China. And the the high demand for it has led to the death of about 100,000 elephants over a three-year period which wow. ended in 2014. I wanted to bring some numbers before we discuss. Um, so before the European colonization of Africa, scientists believe that there may have been about an estimated 20 million elephants. And then by 1979, there were only 1.3. Today, there are only 352 
100,000 African savanna elephants in 18 countries, meaning the population has declined 30% in the past seven years. Jesus. That's 30%. So here's a brief overview of what China's plan suggests. The Chinese will first force uh, designated groups of legal ivory processing factories and businesses to close by March 31st of this year. The plan also involves stringent regulation on ivory collection, strengthening enforcement, education, and helping encourage ivory carving masters to find work with museums or in preservation efforts. So ivory is a very big part of Chinese culture. So this, this ban is showing a lot of controversy within the trade for obvious reasons. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a really big deal because China's not been so great on on this issue or conservation in general. And so I'm pleasantly surprised by them taking this step. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's really I think it's desperately needed because like the elephant population has been absolutely decimated and for no other reason than the ivory trade. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that there's been a lot of international agreements to stop to stop the ivory trade. So there's there's lots of protocols and treaties between Africa and China and other nations that it designed to stop the trade. So putting a cap on how many and how much ivory a country can export, for example. Right. Uh, but none of them have worked because the issue is not the exporting. The issue isn't the trade. The issue is the demand. The issue is the fact that so long as there's a high demand for for ivory there will always be a way there's always going to be a black market to to uh, meet that demand i think by china banning ivory trade though is hopefully going to inherently cut back on demand because if you stop having it in the country if it if it's scaled back so much people won't become so reliant on it and maybe the next generation won't feel like they need it anymore. The thing is, is that right now the the black market isn't so black. The trading of ivory is still legal if ivory was collected before 1989. So there was a law still intact. But the thing is, is that a lot of trade companies are lying. So that means the demand is so much higher than it used to be because of the ban, but that doesn't necessarily mean that when they say it's been legally collected, it actually was. Yeah, like how do you how do you age or like age right. test ivory? Like that's the whole point of yeah. like ivory trade. Like trees. Well, I, I have age. a question just about like how this is going to impact China's economy as a whole because so much of their economic boom is attributed to legal ivory sales. So I'm wondering what's going to happen now that it's illegal it's it's kind of open to debate on how much it's going to impact and there's also been like the the city of Beijing has been known for being extremely lax in following up on like these type of decisions and since ivory is very lucrative it could just easily sneak through the cracks mm-hmm. so it's um it's kind of up for debate in fact like this law wasn't even the most like there was even there was even a more liberal uh, decision that was on the table. Like they wanted to be more, even more restrictive on this law. But this was actually the the kind of mm, uh, compromise, I guess, for the decision. Yeah, I, you it, know, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic. It's certainly better than doing nothing at all. So I'm 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 happy that this happened. But I do think it's important to note, and I know we've talked about this before, guys, but it's important to note why ivory is so popular there. And it's because of the exact sort of anti-science movements that we're experiencing here um, in the United States as well, just in different issue areas. And ivory is popular there because there is a prevalent misconception that ivory helps with various medical um, mm-hmm. anomalies and medical ailments so you know they crush ivory up into powder and actually one of the big things is they think that that cures erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. if yeah. you if you crush like, a powdered ivory is going to fix your broken ass dick i can confirm and so, <laughs> and, yeah works for andrew i assure you it does not work for anybody else mm-hmm. and so i think I, I i really hate to make it about this but i think it does have to be to some extent about science and accepting 
and accepting science in all of its forms, whether it's medical, climate change, whatever. This is why it's so important that everybody accept science for what it is, because if you don't, you know, populations of species go extinct over superstition and misinformation. And um, before before we move on, one of the one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk about this is that just because China does ban this doesn't necessarily mean that the threat of ivory trade is will be gone because once China vacates other Asian countries such as Vietnam, Myanmar or um, even the Philippines, they they could try to move in on the market. So I think the public should be very aware and keep an eye on this this law. Hashtag save the elephants. Yay. All right. Um, let's play the number now. We're, this is going to be the 2016 look back edition. Uh, two quizzes for you here and related topics to discuss after we reveal the number. How many scripted TV shows do you guys think aired in 2016? You you may like, have heard of the phrase peak like TV in the U.S. or in general. How many scripted shows in the U.S.? Can you define shows for me? Like, are you referring to an entire program? Scripted. Right, but scripted, yeah. like 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 Stranger Things. That is one show. Okay, so okay. Um, oh. Jesus. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Of peak TV, <laughs> there are more shows than ever. It's the only clue I'll give you. That's not a clue. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. I will say two hundred and fifty thousand. I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> I'm, remove three zeros. I'll, I'll do do you a favor. Remove, okay, so Laura's guess is two fifty. Okay. No, I think you have to hold her feet to the fucking yeah, fire right. on that one. Two hundred fifty thousand. Hey, you, you said... overshot that moon, and you landed somewhere <laughs> like Neptune. I don't know what the fuck you were going my, for there. My mom told me that if I shot for the moon, I would land amongst the stars. <laughs> yeah, you did, oh, and you well, burned the your fuck mom up. lied. <laughs> you're burned up, okay? Like um, you're just you're I'm going to say right. I'm going to say 400. Uh I was actually going to guess 312. The answer in 2016 was 455 and oh. the Hollywood Reporter and and FX who tally up all the shows they're projecting we're going to be at 500 scripted shows in 2017. Uh, just for comparison's sake, back in 2009, there were only 209 scripted shows. But now that Netflix and Amazon, uh, Amazon, right, Hulu, FX, they've all grown. They, uh, Netflix, this was the most shocking thing to me, has the most original scripted dramas or uh, scripted originals than any other network, more than CBS, ABC. Do you guys remember the days when Netflix only had House of Cards? It was only like four years ago. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Or Orange is the New Black. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's nuts. So there's too much TV right now. And, I mean, I get, um, it, it does make sense to me if you think about it, because like Netflix is becoming such a, a big staple and a pillar of original content that now the networks are so desperate to find these kind of shows that they're just going to start grabbing any show they can. Well, they so only have so much time to fill. That's that's their problem. Um and now, like CBS, they're doing like the Star Trek series they're doing. It's only going to be online. They're not even putting it on TV except for the premiere episode. Um, oh people are trying to become Netflix, and I, it's just too much. It's too much for writers. Well, too much. I, for... I read that Netflix's budget for uh, this year is more than six billion dollars. For yeah, new they have shows. a lot of money. Like that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Jesus, a lot of passwords to share. Mm-hmm. All right. I just, um, just refresh mine. And just a little couple updates there related to, to TV. There's a Charmed revival currently in the works at CW. Does anybody watch Charmed? Did anybody watch Charmed? I no. did. Are no. you excited, then, Elisa? It's going to be like a prequel. A prequel, oh, really? Well, then, Set in no. the 80s. Okay, that that I can get on board with. I can dig that. Okay. Charmed was Charmed was a cheesy fucking show, but yeah. I couldn't help myself. It was magical. Okay. Yeah, I was people... more of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And we all remember when Girl Meets World was announced. That was a huge deal. That was kind of one of the first major revivals, I think. It was a revival of slash spinoff of Boy Meets World. 
Well, now Disney Channel has canceled Girl Meets World after three seasons. Um, the last episode airs in about two weeks. So, oh my god, it was too bad. Years? Fans were upset. Um, people actually like Girls Girl Meets World. It's unclear why they actually canceled it. The ratings aren't as strong as they were at the beginning, but people really like the show. Hmm. One more I mean, 2016 number for you. This many millennials, meaning people under 30, voted in the 2016 election. Some of you may know this. <laughs> 250,000. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um... I know this. I, uh... I don't. Not not a lot. <laughs> I mean, I think I think voter turnout amongst millennials was actually down from what they were expecting. It was definitely down from 2012. That's for sure. I'm gonna guess. Uh, I'm gonna guess 11 million. Um. Matt. Mm, I think I it was say, more than that. I want to say, uh, I'll just say 13.5. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say th- 14 million. Mm-hmm. Well, you're all wrong. Uh, 24 million people under 30 voted in the 2016 presidential wow. election. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Um, and that's about half half of the eligible voters. Sorry, I meant to quiz you on that, but I just got so excited to to share it. Mm-hmm. So okay, so we did better if, than I thought. Yeah, yeah, but if all those people voted, <laughs> well, only only fifty five percent of millennials went for Clinton, so that's also something mm. to consider. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. All right. All right. Get, well, let's not we'll give us a better one. Longer, we'll get upset. <laughs> let's uh, let's not talk about this ever again. Really. It's, Time now for Surprise Bitch. Surprise Bitch! Surprise Bitch! And I thought since it is now the year 17, 2017, we'll pick the number 17. You get it? Do you guys understand? Um, and oh, that, yeah, I get it. Okay, good. And that person is Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. He signed up a while ago. I know he's been a long-time listener of the program. So he's probably going to be surprised when we call. He's going to be like, I stopped being a patron like a year and a half ago. Jimmy! Hi! Surprise, bitch! It's Millennial, what's up? (laughs) 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 That's very surprising. (laughs) It's very surprising because I'm no longer a patron. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> oh my god, it is. No. It's true. <laughs> Jimmy, you signed up in January 20 2015. Uh and you were number 17, so we thought since it's the year 2017, we would call you. Where are you oh, in the that's country? Amazing. Yeah. I I'm I'm in I'm in uh a suburb of Atlanta called Woodstock. Oh. Uh, Woodstock. Oh. Friend. Is... I don't know where that is. We're, we're neighbors, kind of, sort of. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a um, it's a bedroom community. You know, like everything else around Atlanta, it's just uh, you know, houses and schools, and everybody goes into Atlanta to work. Mm-hmm. I see. Just like where mm. Laura lives, she hates it there. Right. Uh, what What was the best part of 2016 for you? Who. <sighs> New Year's best part of 2016. Let's see. I read 24 books, so I felt pretty oh, accomplished. Wow. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. That's, you, yeah. At the beginning of the year, did you set that challenge for yourself? Yeah, I set a challenge to read 24 books, uh, 12 books for business and 12 books for personal. Oh, wow. Just fun reading. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so that was the best. I thought- I really thought you were about to say the best part of 2016 is when you stop being a patron. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this show. Fuck these people. <laughs> That's our new tagline, actually. Yeah. Uh, wh- <laughs> what? Are, what? And what are you most nervous for heading into 2017? Not completing a book challenge? You're going to read 48 books this year? <laughs> I doubt that. But uh, I, I think the 
I think everything that's nervous about 2017 is pretty obvious. Yeah. You know, we yeah. have yes. a, a president elect who's a crazy despot and, um, every choice that he's making so far is completely terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's going to happen? Nobody knows. I mean, there's a slight chance that some of the things that he's doing could benefit somebody, but you know, I don't think we've ever been faced with this situation where our leader is completely bent on the purpose of personal gain. And, and you know, we've never seen that in this country. Yeah, I couldn't have put it better so myself. That's a downer. <laughs> well, okay. Assuming, speaking of that, then assuming that the republic does collapse, uh, which of the four of us would you want to have with you in the end times apocalypse? Oh, well, I'm going to go do something real quick. No pressure or anything. <laughs> uh, who would I want to have with me in the apocalypse? Uh, let's see. And you know, why I... is it me? <laughs> um, I just see Elise, like, batting her eyelashes really fast. Yeah. So I think when, you know, when I met... When I met Matt, I said, you know, you must be fun at parties. So I think, I think that's, I think that's for where I'd have to go. Yeah. Oh wow. my God. That was not where I thought this was going. <laughs> yeah. I would have picked Laura. <laughs> Jimmy. <Lisa. laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the part, the end of the world party is going to be great, but. I think that's a, I think that's a solid I, answer though, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love that answer. I, Me too. I'm, I'm it should be going down. all going down. Why not? You know, you know, have fun. No, I totally get you it. Laugh, right? yeah. And he'll yeah. make out with you at midnight too, and everything. Like, there's, there's, it's a win-win situation. He'll make out with anybody. So you also have that in life. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a thanks for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, listen. He's I like, can see yeah. why he didn't vote for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you have a, he's he's a party and a person. That's all I mean. Fantastic. Thank you. What, what are you up okay. to in uh, Woodstock today? Well, you know, it's snowpocalypse. We have mm-hmm. an inch of snow on the ground, and the city mm-hmm. is ground to a complete halt. So uh, we are just – we're actually looking at uh, at homes on <laughs> on the internet. We're thinking, oh. about, uh, oh thinking about getting a new house. So. Oh, that's that's yeah, amazing. I'm, I'm laughing. It's funny you say that, Jimmy, because Laura's thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, she talks about oh. it earlier in this yeah. episode, so. Oh, it's good. You guys can live on the same block. Good time for uh, <laughs> sellers in Georgia, apparently. All right. Well, in, in some buy a home together. Yeah. yeah, but you're still in Georgia. <laughs> hey! Well, wow. it's mostly warm. It's mostly warm here, so. Except for when it snows. Yeah, except for the once every three years that we get an inch of snow and the National Guard has to come save us. <laughs> I it was interesting. The governor placed us under a state of emergency, oh, you know, 12 hours before the snow hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it's only an inch. Oh, well, yeah, so. that's because you remember last time Nathan Deal didn't really do anything about it. And that was the time that people got fucking stranded on Highway 400 for hours. <laughs> Oh, I know, I know. People got stranded in my office. They slept on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I I decided to work from home that day, and so I was Me too. sitting in my office here at the house, watching the snowfall, and you know, hearing terrible things from people at the office. That's scary, though. State of emergency over an inch. Uh, it's not that scary. Not. not I don't know. When I we when I lay my snow infrastructure here. When I lay my inch into a woman, it's usually a state of emergency as well. <laughs> Very different reasons, of course, but or maybe not so much. All right. Well, on that awkward note, thank you, Jimmy, <laughs> for, for answering our call and for supporting good us day. at you one point. Take care. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. 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 I didn't mean to put Jimmy in an awkward position, but. I mean, no, I'm glad you did. Like, we needed to know. No, we like, we, we know this is happening. That's the thing. Yeah, we. I mean, it's been two years. Like, yeah. Well, he is blacklisted. Yeah, I'm deleting him from this Google Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, he was a cool guy. Yeah. No, nah, he was great. Yeah, that was funny. I liked him. 
<laughs> yeah, now Elisa has. I bet you did. Me, so yeah. you better watch out. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I think that does it for this week's episode. Don't forget, guess who was drinking? We'll reveal the answer next week. Uh, we're going to create a poll in the millennial group, and you can vote. Um, Jimmy won't be voting because he no longer listens to this <laughs> show, but that was fun anyway. Uh, outro music this week. Anybody sad about George Michael job. dying? <laughs> I I I really fucked it up today. <laughs> you had <laughs> one think. job. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen to some George Michael. You know he passed. Oh, what about sure. Princess Leia's theme though? I know. I was just too. thinking that too. But like, I don't want to. I don't want to end the episode depressed. No, let's not. All right, don't end it depressed. How about this? I say we play the Star Wars theme. There we go. <laughs> the Republic <laughs> is in threatened. honor of in honor of Carrie Fisher. All right. Next week yeah. we're gonna be like John Williams died. There's a lot you could play for John. Anybody Williams, who though. dies this year is still gonna get blamed on 2016. Accurate. What exactly <laughs> is the Star Wars theme? Like, if I'm looking for it on Spotify, what is it called? Star Wars theme. Main theme and the Main... attack on... No. No, it's just... just, just what? Oh, that. This one. Hopefully this is actually it. Are you American? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, welcome back to the show. We're excited to kick off Season 3 here. Uh, please check out our website to learn more about the show, millennialshow.com. And support us on Patreon, Jimmy. Patreon.com <laughs> slash uh, millennial is where you could support us for as little as $2 a month. Since this is the first episode of the month, this week's After Dark and Hashing It Out will be available to $2 patrons. People at $5 a month get each installment of After Dark every week. On After Dark this week, we're going to be talking about New Year, New Laws, baby. Uh, we're going to talk about some interesting ones that have taken... Uh, that are now in effect ac across this country. And we're going to talk about, this is a very millennial story, the four black teenagers who live-streamed the torture of its disabled white teen on Facebook. This made a lot of headlines, so we're going to be talking about this. So uh, a lot of fun going on in this episode. <laughs> a hate crime, and it'll be part serious, part fun. Speaking of fun, here's the Star Wars theme. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. See everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. You missed it. You. That's not. <laughs> you totally missed it. That's well, not. Well, I've been playing it for like a minute because, we but I didn't turn it. it up while I was doing my outro. It's okay. I can. I can put it in afterwards. Here, is this better right. for you? Suck a dick, losers. Yes. There we go. There you go. Da 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 da. Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today.